everybody, welcome back to episode two of season two of Two Peas in a Podcast. I'm Travis Cook-Young, and I'm here with... Andrea Zillow. And these are the illustrious summer studio, or summer patio sessions. Yeah. But we're unsuccessful today in finding a uh, sunny slash not gale force winds patio to record in. So. Yeah. Without constant bus noises. Right. So we are coming to you live from HB4 <laughs> here at the Magic Building. We've got the door wide open uh, to encourage uh, any sort of guests to come along and, uh, and give their two cents on this week's reading. One of this week's readings. Yeah. Which looks like a real winner. It's uh, making a rhizome or architecture after Deluge and uh, Guattari. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we're going to skip the communes within communes, because uh, Travis has already read it. So you know. read that one on your own. I've heard from multiple people that it's great reading. It's great, and I and I actually felt like it was more of a personal reading that you really need to soak in in solitude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so this reading today is, um, yeah, why don't you, can you tell us a little bit about uh, this format? It's a little bit different. Yeah, well, it says it's a conversation between two architects, Constantine Petru and Doina Petrescu, founders of the Atelier d'Architecture Autogere. Nice. Brackets triple A. And a sociologist, friend, and partner in their projects, Anne Corinne, is part of an ongoing discussion that commenced some years ago, soon after triple A was formed. This conversation, reframed and added to here for the purposes of Deleuze and architecture, focuses on their current project, Our Urban, which is located in Cologne, near Paris, and which is read through one of Deleuze and Guattari's key concepts, the rhizome. All right, so um, I'll be reading the parts of Constantine Petku. As well, uh, we'll have another guest speaker <laughs> join us. Potentially Russian. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And uh, and Andrea, you'll be reading the parts of Doina Petruscu. Doina. Doina. I'm Constantine. You're Doina. <laughs> Although they're French, so it's probably not Doina. <laughs> Are they it's French? Not, okay, yeah. Russian, but it does. Well, near Paris, so oh. it's probably Doina. Okay. Doina Petruscu. Oh, jeez. That sounds quite a bit better. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I don't know. It just sounds better Russian to me. Maybe your friend is Russian, but still. This uh, this special speaker, yeah. Hopefully they, they come through the door. So, um, all right. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> jump into it here. Uh, the first section is titled uh, "Interstices, Rhizomes, and Resilience." Since 2001, AAA has developed a collective practice encouraging local residents to participate in the reappropriation and collective management of space in the city. The aim was to create a network of self-managed projects and to appropriate and transform temporary, available, and underused spaces. We have identified particular types of space, urban interstices, leftovers, wastelands, and temporarily empty spaces as offering the possibility of collective territories and a new specifically urban form of commons. These are commons that need to be reclaimed and reinvented in fragments, though, they, though the reappropriation of small abandoned or unused spaces that until now resisted development speculation. The management and use of these urban commons was also meant to allow the reinvention of other social, cultural, environmental, and political commons. The starting point was the realization of a temporary garden, 
made out of recycled materials on a derelict site located in La Chapelle area in the north of Paris in the 18th arrondissement. Arrondissement. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think that's like a, isn't it an arrondissement? Is that like a traffic circle? Or is that just like a neighborhood? Oh, like around the Maybe it's a, I think it's a neighborhood because that's where, where, Do you, I know? You, where you and I were living. Oh, really? Okay. Jeez, north of Paris. It's lovely. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this project was called EcoBox and has been progressively extended into a platform for urban creative production curated by the AAA members, residents, and external collaborators catalyzing activities in the whole neighborhood. The platform, including the garden, has subsequently moved three times, taking different forms in different locations and involving new users. A number of new projects using EcoBox as a model have emerged in the neighborhood and in other parts of Paris. As a consequence of this, as a consequence of this project, we were invited in 2006 by the DPVI Urban Regeneration Agency of the 20th to initiate a project in the Saint Blanc. Uh, I'm really bad at the French there, and I'm gonna feel bad because you know how to like. Swear, it's been a while. Okay, so Saint Blaise. Really? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, to initiate the project in the Saint Blaise area in a former passageway that was closed and unused for many years, the aim was to provoke civic appropriation and host emerging activities in the neighborhood. The plot of this project, Passage 56. It was only 200 square meters, but we have used it in a way that could host most of the activities proposed by the residents during the public consultation, including gardening, cultural and leisure activities, including gardening and cultural leisure activities. We have built a small wooden building with a green roof and powered by solar panels, of course, <laughs> dry compost toilets for public use, and rainwater collectors, cultivation plots, seed catchers, and a wild bird corridor. The project is very much centered on the idea of a popular ecology is meant to host and disseminate ecological practices in the neighborhood. As is the case of EcoBox, a number of similar projects emerged in the area initiated by some of the Passage 56 users. In fact, it is this idea that we took further in our last project, Our Urban, where we want to address issues of resilience, not only at the scale of neighborhood proximity, but also at the scale of city and of the region. Our Urban is a bottom-up strategy that explores the possibilities of enhancing the capacity of urban resilience by introducing a network of resident-run facilities to create complementaries between key fields of activity, such as the economy, habitat, urban agriculture, and culture. It initiates locally closed ecological cycles that support the emergence of alternative mo models of living, specifically producing and consuming between the urban and the rural contexts. The strategy is centered on the active involvement of citizens in developing collaborative practices and creating solidarity networks from a local to a regional scale. We are currently developing our urban in Cologne, a suburban town in the northwest of Paris, in partnership with the local municipality and a number of organizations, including and involving a diversity of local residents. The project is meant to gradually create a network around three pilot units each with complementary urban functions, bringing together emerging citizen projects that follow the logic of resilience. These three units continue the principles we have developed in our first project, acting as catalysts that stir up dynamics in the area. But we are much more strategic this time about the nature and extent of these dynamics, nurturing and diversifying them as much as possible 
so they can become a resilient network which expands to larger scales and involves as many residents as possible. See the project website. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, follow the link. r-ubin.net Backslash pointy guy. <laughs> pointy guy. Yeah. Uh, so to summarize our approach, uh, we suggest that AAA's practice is not based on a series of individual projects resulting from commissions and competitions, um, as is the case with most commercial practices in architecture, but instead it's a strategic construction of long-term approach, a strategic construction of a long-term approach that is gradually deployed as both a political and professional inquiry, starting with many hypotheses that are further tested by experimenting with a number of social and spatial devices, agencies, and projects. As such, EcoBox can be considered a first phase of exploring the hypothesis of collective self-management and the translocal networking that have been continued with Passage 56, and is now developed at another scale in R-Urban. This is an experimental approach in permanent dialogue with theoretical analysis, or what Charles Sanders Pierce has defined as a combination of induction and deduction resulting in abduction. Hmm. That sounds pretty beautiful. Um, that is much closer to the way researchers or artists develop their own projects. We explore several hypotheses uh, in relation to the same idea, to test it and to push it further within different fields and using different tools, sociology, art, media, activism, and collaborating with different others, activists, students, and inhabitants. This is one way of looking at our practice in terms of Deleuze and Guattari's concept of the rhizome. Our practice functions like a rhizome of ideas, hypotheses, and challenges that grows gradually by connecting up many contributions and by following the opportunities of created or encountered productive contexts. Oh, look who it is. Oh, it's Anne. Anne. Anne, how are you doing? I'm doing very good today. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Anne, we would like you to get involved in this conversation, if you wouldn't mind. No problem. So, uh, Anne, please give us a little bit of a background on, on your involvement here. During the 1970s, a lot of experiments took place around new practices and ways of working different intellectual fields, but the social demand was for creativity and change, with an imperative to create whatever one could imagine, rather than to explore with the lo local people the different dimensions of urban life. The collective agency of professions was limited to a dialogue between clients, funders, designers, and input from ordinary people was delegated to sociologists and psychoanalysts. That those who are supposed to know about the needs of the non-qualified. With such poor social agency, architecture at that time was nothing more than the final projection of the desires of the tiny social groups architects belonged to. In relation to Felix Guattari, some experimental work was conducted on collective institutions linking architects, inhabitants, and social workers, especially in kindergartens, which Felix could end in mental health institutions. The Laborde Clinic experience, which Felix Guattari has extensively written, is one of the best-known examples. These projects showed how difficult it is to do collective work on space, especially if the issues of living together is not at stake. People who conceive spaces for others and don't share time with them cannot imagine how the spaces will be used. They do not understand how architecture can be a sensitive machine reinventing space in relation to its deterritorialism, which is the very condition of modernity. Architecture can escape the demand to build fortifications against those social phenomena we cannot avoid. 
So the increasing part that private developers, motivated by profit, play in large-scale urban and architectural production means that urban space is conceived according to the logic of profit rather than to the principles of social necessity, well-being, and local interest, which involve participation and cooperation and collective governance by residences. The current situation is that urban public space is deemed to be outside the scope of democratic debate and as such becomes a very powerful device of some of subjectivization. Sub subjectivation. Subjectivation. Thank you. <laughs> as it is used. It's less hyphens. Look at me. Um, as it is used as the social machine that codifies subjects according to the different social norms and values, thereby creating hierarchies and segregation. As Deleuze. Is Deleuze or Deleuze? Deleuze. There's no Deleuze. Deleuze and Guattari. Guattari have remarked, capitalist logic manipulates the social field for exclusively financial interests. Capitalism is the only social mean that is constructed on the basis of decoded flows, substituting for intrinsic codes and an axiometric of abstract quantities in the form of oh, in the form of money. Our work as architect citizens is to recodify and reterritorialize the fragments of urban space that have escaped from this generalized control through design and through design and along monetary flows. We make spaces accessible for appropriation by users employing collective modes of management. These are spaces that could further generate other initiatives, producing rhizomatic dynamics through the dissemination of new ways of living towards collective reception. Resubjectivation practices. Well, some big words in there. Big words in there, and um, you know, I've got to say, Anne's a little bit of a distraction here. You guys aren't here, but uh, she's doing some pretty funny things here in the room. So, um, yeah. So um, that being said, is also very heavy. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. Perhaps too heavy. We'll just have to we'll have to get some. Well, this. I mean, Anne's an integral part of AAA, so we can't really keep her out. The next section, yeah. speaking of Anne, Anne, please tell us about making common infrastructure. So making accessible doesn't mean simply opening what is closed. Here we remove ourselves from the binary thinking that opposes closed and opened. We prefer to approach things in the middle, as Deleuze and Guterres recommended in Millet Plateau, A Thousand Plateaus. Deleuze's work on difference and repetition suggests ways of escaping from binarization from the oppositions created by capital and liberating a production of subjectivity that picks its matters from both sides of any binary. <laughs> this matter from both sides is precisely what produces the rhizome and develops its interconnective activity. We also speak about the concept of the rhizome in terms of transmission, in terms of the appropriation and multiplica multiplication of our projects by others. This is not an ordinary way of networking. It is what we like to call a live, live networking. Probably, <laughs> probably not live networking. Our approach to architecture is to construct the conditions of possibility for a rhizome of projects. It is about making a rhizome. As Anne has pointed out in one of her previous texts, making a rhizome is about going towards the other, not as an enemy or a competitor with the idea of destruction, but in the perspective of an alliance and the construction of a temporary micro-territoriality micro soon to be shared with others by the new offshoots of the rhizome. 
So just kind of breaking that down, we were chatting a little bit about this. These rhizomes, they're naturally occurring. It's normally like roots mm -hmm. and they're just kind of, it's like this growth that you don't, it's not really on the surface per se, but it's happening. It's like kind of the structure of the community here maybe. Is that what we're... Yeah, I think so. Well, I was trying to remember back to biology class. Nice. Was, like, was the rhizome that like fungus thing that connects the forest? Right. I don't know if that's actually true, but okay, well, something like that. And can you look that up for us real quick? Okay, we'll see. <laughs> okay, so um, good little sidebar though. Um, so in the projects we initiate, our role is to start, sustain, and expand the networks that emerge around actions, spatial devices, processes, and affects, which at the same time permit personal and collective becomings. Through our work, we participate in the identification of social spatial entities in formation which transforms continually into other networks. We are, if you like, the gardeners of the rhizome, but we pass on this role little by little to other users who wish to become stakeholders in this process. Our role as initiators and agents diminishes progressively until it fully disappears while the capacity of the network to develop and reproduce itself grows. Others may play the role of gardeners, others may play the role of, okay, sorry, sorry guys. Others may play the role of gardeners on this project. These networks of action and affects, which are mechanisms of spatial democratic construction, are necessarily rhizomatic, playing with the proximity, multiplicity, and temporalities that are at the same time short, long, and sustainable. The EcoBox project, for example, has been moved and reinstalled several times by users themselves, and the system of organization and occupation has been reproduced by other independent initiatives, both civic and professional, in the same neighborhood and elsewhere in other cities and even in other countries. Some inhabitant users of the project Passage 56 have started to initiate similar projects following the same model. We call this a rhizomatic transmission where a project has the capacity to transmit all of the information that is necessary to, a new, to the reproduction of the project, which after transmission becomes itself a new source of information and transmission independent of the relation with the initial project. Despite the temporary existence of these projects in different locations, the accumulation of knowledge by experience is transmitted and reproduced in new projects, which, even if new and singular, also take over the same model using the same protocol and process. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I really wish I did my homework and looked up what these projects are so I know what they're talking about. Mm. You guys should all do that. Yes. Um, but it's kind of interesting. I feel like it's sort of challenging the role of the architect as kind of this person in power. It's like, oh, I'm going to start this project and then sort of let loose. Right, I, yeah. Over. Right, I like, yeah, I like that it's something that you build, uh, yeah, just like that, to back away from and kind of let other people fill the space. And it's kind of more this idea of community here that's really growing there and it just kind of continues on and fosters on. Yeah, I like it as well. Cool. So, making a rhizome as an alternative approach to architecture is a way of constructing the infrastructure of a common territory the infrastructure of commons. In this making a rhizome of our projects, we have worked with those who were available and wanted to work in an invisible and underground alliance of little by little propagation. Those who knew how to take into account time and cyclical nature, who had the patience to wait for it to grow and develop, who had both the knowledge and transmission and were willing to undertake an apprenticeship. Ivan Illich talks about conviviality as an alternative to capitalist production. 
Conviviality is opposed to productivity. Productivity is conjugated with quote unquote to have. Conviviality is with to be. Mm. Relational and cooperative practice, such as the one we have developed, has a different temporality and a difference and a different aim to those of neoliberal practice. Rather than looking for the material value of profit, it creates the conditions for a liberating experience that changes both the space and the subjects. Making a rhizome is indeed a political project, but it's also an economic project. It is how we it is how to assemble or how to mutualize within rather modest means, how to act at a big scale by federating a plurality of small contributions, how to generate long-term dynamics with micro and temporary interventions. Dillus <laughs> defines the rhizome as a multiplicity of offshoots that are tended in time and in space, up front, behind, and beside. But there's also a way of making a rhizome by subtraction. Developing projects with very limited means and enabling, through the new dynamics initiated by others, the emergence of new projects generated with little money, the AAA's spatial approach is the multiplication by subtraction, a multiplication based on what is at hand, a multiplication based by what is at hand. In the projects initiated by AAA, even the presence of an architectural object is not always a necessary condition. A minimal architecture pres architectural presence allows for better rhizomatic and self-managing dynamic. The management of our projects is also based on minimal means. The day-to-day -day maintenance of our projects, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, is based on day-to-day -day means. The day-to-day -day maintenance of Passage 56 doesn't cost anything. It is a space that is self-sufficient, that is managed voluntarily, and that uses nearly exclusively rainwater, up to 90%. Um, other projects that were inspired by Passage 56 are also running in a similar way. As Delius and Guattari suggest, the multiples, the multiple must be made, not always by adding a higher dimension, but rather in the simplest of ways, by dint of sobriety with the number of dimensions one already has available. Always, n minus one. Okay, I'm gonna, we're gonna have to explain some things here. It looks like we're getting, uh, okay, I'm just gonna read it and then we could have explained there. So always, a system of this kind could be called a rhizome. So something where, I don't know really how to explain that there without just like saying the it. The way the one belongs to the multiple, always subtracted. So it's like n. What we're looking at here are two brackets. It's like an equation in words. The first bracket, if you remember your bed math stuff, if we're going back there, first bracket is n minus one. Second bracket is the only way the one belongs to the multiple, always subtracted. I think we're gonna have to dig a little deeper into this one. <laughs> No problem reading the information. <laughs> a little bit of a problem, so you know. Yeah. Oh no, we'll come back to that. We will. Sure. We'll edit this out. <laughs> okay. No, we won't, because we don't know how to edit. No, it's true, yeah. Anyway, These are all done. Okay. Continuing. The economy of the rhizome. Yes, okay. Um, oh. This is also how to do a minimum with a maximum effect. It is a question of how to achieve this, as compared with others who use many means to produce the same effect. The problem is how to build machines. A machine is first defined by an effect, which can be produced by some device, <laughs> linking things together in ways that have never been experimented or experienced before. Deleuze gives an example of Archimedes, who stated that he could lever the earth if he had a long enough stick. This is the lever effect. 
which through a minimum means to produce a maximum effect. That's lever, not liver. Lever. You were wondering about. Sorry. Organ. Sorry. About <laughs> uh, yeah, so a maximum of qualitative effects with a minimum of means. Isn't that somehow contradictory? This minimum requires lots of attention to be conceived, installed, and maintained. This minimum is an architecture in itself, a concern to produce an effect by architecture with a minimum of means and without a guarantee. In projects, we preserve the possibility for space to evolve with its users. Our projects involve forms of minimal intervention, remaining in this way open, indeterminate, adaptable, and transformable in time by new users. It is as Henry Lefebvre says, said, the use that produces space. That's what he said? The use that produces, that produces space. space. I guess, who, who was that guy again? Henry Lefebvre, I said, or Lef yeah. I don't know, how do I say that? He's, he's a figure that we've come across, isn't he? I used to, my old landlord had that last name, so oh. I, I just, I probably mixed it all in one. Yeah, he was, uh, uh, I forgot. anyways. In these respects, minimal means for a maximal effect produce interaction with others. The indeterminacy produces effects on users. By contrast, the state and other forms of administrative power need guarantees for everything we do. Although involving partnerships with public institutions, Art Urban does not give any guarantee of success. The Art Urban strategy experiments with social devices that are linked with material devices involving the locals so as to create agencies in which they become stakeholders. Although we start with some hypotheses, uh, there's no guarantee in advance that will happen. No guarantee of success. The architectural project is situational, relational, and it is developed along with the process. It is to be reshaped continually and maintain its experimental status. Isn't it contradictory to act in contexts in which one needs to advance hypotheses for which one needs to negotiate support and funding without giving a guarantee on the success of the project? For example, the guarantee of success and impact that the EU or the city of Cologne might want from our urban, a project which they support? This begs the question, how can one do experimental work in contexts that are highly regularized and constrained? Projects which are not friendly to risk-taking. Here's the whole art. How to construct new territories, which are at the same time stable and uncertain. And also, to speak of Deleuze's language, how to construct war machines, even soft war machines. This is a pragmatic question. Things need to be co-produced without explanation or request for approval. Most participatory practice in architecture is nothing but ideology, establishing instruments to control public opinion of the kind. We explain the project to people and possibly change the project a bit so they agree with it. For AAA, participation means to be involved on a project with inhabitants and do things together for a longer period of time. The originality of our work is exactly this involvement and installation of the practice on site, thus taking possession of a place together with inhabitants who are living close to the area, and to little by little transform a place with them in order to invent new practices at the same time. This is what local means, to be there. Those 
who participate in rhizome making of space need to be there and to give it time. To be there is to be able to connect with somebody you had not anticipated you would encounter and to be able to create links between this person and others. This demands a minimum this demands a minimum of social time because to be able to give shape to social relations needs time. But nothing takes your whole time. On the contrary, each participant must be an intercessor among several processes and be able to influence them and be influenced by them. AAA's projects are strongly embedded in local without being simply local projects, limited socially and geographically and locked on the, in on themselves. Inside a local project, one should guarantee a non-local potentiality. One should leave space to some kind of outside. Following Deleuze and Gutierre, I suggest that we need to adopt the wisdom of plants, even when they have roots. There is always an outside where they form a rhizome with something, with the wind, an animal, human beings. AAA's projects make a rhizome with other projects, with new actors, with future dynamics. At a certain moment, we have to accept that they do not belong to us anymore, and they are completely autonomous, but also responsible for their own future. Transformative participation. All this is made as it goes. Networking with inhabitants, architects, and artists. The constitution of heterogeneous milieu, which... Old one. This word here looks like a French word. <laughs> milieu? Million, which couples creativity and the local and includes knowledge production, making things and attending unusual events. Nevertheless, the mediation by professionals between inhabitants and political power, the advocacy planning, has shown its limits. In France, at least, there is a general disappointment with participation. You are somehow proposing a new approach to participation, which does not pretend to mediate, but acts in the middle together with all actors? With our urban, we proposed a bottom-up approach to ecological regeneration that commences at the level of everyday life, in which ecological principles extend beyond environmental aspects to include social, cultural, and economic concerns. It is the aggregation of many individual and collective interventions that choose to function together within complementary metabolic networks. Transformations have to take place at the micro scale with each individual, each subjectivity, and this is how a real culture of resilience is constructed. As Rob Hopkins puts it, resilience is not just an outer process. It is also an inner one of becoming more flexible, robust, and skilled. The culture of resilience includes processes of reskilling, skill sharing, building social networks, learning from others, learning from other experiences. These micro-social and micro-cultural practices are related to lifestyles and individual gestures they prompt attention to details, to singularities, to the capacity of creativity and innovation that operates at the level of everyday life. Our urban maps in detail this local capacity to invent and transform, but in parallel also maps the administrative constraints that block it, proposing ways of bypassing them through renewed policies and structures. Detertorialization <laughs> 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 and re-territorialization. Huh. We're talking territories here. Man, you've got some big parts coming up. <laughs> I know, I like, I'm a big part of this conversation. <laughs> Glad to make it. Thank you, Diana. <laughs>
Uh, our project is no longer about designing ter <laughs> territory, but about drawing ecological lines about gardening. You know, one thing I'll just interrupt myself here. I hope, I hope that I'm coming across uh, clearly. You know, maybe your accent, maybe you just all of a sudden got over your accent. <laughs> maybe we take, maybe we take this down a notch, down a peg or two, and we can free the bus. It's getting worse. It's just becoming Scottish or yeah, something. Yeah, every once in a while. Uh, the word there is. Anyways, little sidebar. I don't <laughs> just like break down some barriers here. Um, I was actually acting as Anne, in case you guys hadn't noticed. Putting my best efforts in, but uh, there's a lot of for reading for benefit. Anne coming up. Yeah, for your benefit, just, just to make this, I'll just uh, read them, but I will um, maybe introduce myself as the roles change. So. <laughs> Deterritorialization and re-territorialization, as Anne. Uh, our project is no longer about designing the territory, but about drawing ecological lines, about gardening and building the transition towards an ecological city. This means that it's no longer about trying to impose order over space or about creating a hierarchy within living spaces, but about retrofitting in a way that dismantles hierarchies. In relation to a specific territory, is about acting as a tangential force of deterritorialization, offering residents and other civic actors an opportunity to stage their own forces of deterritorialization and compose them as architecture. This architecture is no longer represented by specialized drawings, but offers tools and sites to enact the desires of residents and stakeholders. It is a deterritorialization deter for users which inscribes their history in another history. In former participative experiments, such as the one in Roubaix, Roubaix, Roubaix uh, with the Almagier, uh, yeah. Fantastic. I, I, yeah, I'll just keep going in the series. Um, now I've lost my space here. This is a pretty loose podcast going back there. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, right, okay, we didn't, okay. I think it's actually Almagar. With Almagar, neighborhood in the 1970s, for example. Um, it appeared that a process conceived to lead only to the program of a new neighborhood with inhabitants was not enough, because the inhabitants of the new quarter were not completely the same as those who lived there before. There is a need for architectural work that is a continuous process, especially where inhabitants have been cast out from their traditional frameworks, as is the case of the suburbs today. For Deleuze, re-territorialism is as important as de-territorialism as is completely ignored by architects for whom, stones as, for whom stones are the best guarantee of social conduct. I offer an example from thermodynamics. If molecules are heated for a certain time, they will start to form new configurations. If you stop heating them, they will distribute themselves randomly. Architecture is a way of heating human molecules. Architecture must be continu a continuous process that keeps producing efforts. In Roubaix, Roubaix, I'm probably going to keep on. <laughs> In Roubaix, uh, users have not continued this trajectory without new heating. This principle, the principle there, is the second law of thermodynamics. If one continues heating, the molecules continue to produce new configurations and agencies. Sure, yeah, okay. The AAA team has a role to play here as catalyst, particularly with respect to our approach, which is to transmit the role of catalyst to others. We stir up a catalytic dimension 
which may already be lying dormant in each one of us as inhabitants of the city, but which is anesthetized <laughs> nice. by our lifestyles, social conventions, and not least by the current limitations and regulations imposed on urban space. This can happen only if there's re-territorialization with a minimum of anchorage. Land-based labor, do-it-yourself ecological practices, all these make people venture forth from their places on a regular basis, just as within a gardening practice. This is in order to constitute a new existential. existential. See, I thought it was existential, but it didn't seem like there was enough S's going on there somewhere. <laughs> Again with the hyphens. Uh, territory, which is anchored in everyday life practices, a point of continuity between what we used to do and what we could potentially do. The spaces AAA have realized welcome everyday life and open it to heterogeneities. Heterogenesis. Nice. A constitutive heterogenesis within spaces, users, activities across scales and temporalities, and which allows and reinforces heterogenetic becomings, generating new users and new networks. <laughs> we use an approach that is making rhizome by following a principle of heterogeneity. Desiring machines. I think that when one speaks about architecture, the rhizome and the machine are confounded. The rhizome covers the social aspects, just like the desiring machine covers the psychic and political aspects. Our urban is also a desiring machine, and this machine will create relational aspects, a state of mind and a model for getting active and moving further. It is probably more of a machine than a project. It is more than a machine. <laughs> uh, because it introduces capacities to recodify the social machine in a different way. Social codes are based on some concreteness. For instance, when we coined the term our urban at the beginning, it was to suggest the strategy of reintroducing experiences of rural life into the urban suburbs. We realized that after a while that this idea was important but not strong enough to ignite the true dynamics of the project. The term our urban also suggested the idea of recycling, reusing, resilience, and restoring the urban, which could also mean regenerating the urban. We understand it in the same sense of developing local activities in a different way, making them more concrete, more sustainable, and more desirable. The projects and the spaces developed by AAA with minimal means paradoxically allows for more social, cultural, and subjective diversity. This is like in ecology, whereas Clement denoted the poverty. See, I'm jumping on these French ones all day. Okay, nice. uh, the poverty of thank um, the poverty of a soil. An economy of means also implies a space which is not. Oh, I just jumped a thing. Okay, sorry, people. Come on, threw me off again. Uh, the poverty of soil. Parentheses, in a pedological sense. Pedological. Pedological. Is that like walking? <laughs> no. Ped I was thinking like pedagogical, but that's not the same thing. I don't know what pedagogical means. It well, we're talking like about the, po the poverty of the soil. Oh, yeah. So. What? Google pedagogical. Google pedagogical. Okay. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. Um, uh, is a gauge of diversity. The minimal economy of means also implies a space which is not over-designed and has provision for diversity of agencies and reconfigurations. It guarantees the capacity to welcome newcomers into the project. From another point of view, this simplicity can more easily support new assemblages. 
as well as a necessary deterritorialism of the, of the process. We follow Gutierrez's conclusion where he speaks about existential assemblages, a more gentle deterritorialization, however, might enable the assemblages to evolve in a constructive processional fashion. Describe it differently, these spaces express a strange familiarity. They allow for a progressive transition from individual action to small group action, and then to collective and public action. Multiple processes of deterritorialization and re-territorialization are in place, composed of new users, new collective practices, and new everyday life practices. We can always question this authority we give to ourselves. Who are we to teach others how to make a rhizome? We are not the authors of a rhizome after all, but perhaps it's gardeners, those who bring the tools and the seeds. At Ecobox, we provided the software, so to speak, the idea of civic reclaiming and of mobile installation. The current users of the Ecobox projects, as well as those of the other projects that took inspiration from it, consider themselves the authors of their current projects. Our current project, Our Urban, takes this need into consideration and proposes a strategy that recomposes a series of existing and emergent projects organized in a network. This won't be possible without finding ways of weaving such projects and strategies into the whole context. This mise en relation is a form of shape giving, which uses tactics to create a configuration which didn't exist before. We are the catalysts of construction. Of an interaction. Within a rhizome, there are different viewpoints. The constitution of a plurality of viewpoints about a commons. In the same way that there is a principle of equality between these viewpoints, there can also become as many points of anchorage in the real as possible, many sources of vitality for ourselves and for others. Striding smooth, a collective action. In this way, we can say that our approach consists in some ways of striding smooth. There is a real tension between these two models of spatial distribution, which are involved in our projects. There is a tendency, on one hand, to work with the informal and with everyday life to give them structure, and on the other, to create immediacy and direct contact, to create proximity within the overly controlled framework of the city, as well as fluidity and mobility without polarization. Deleuze and Gutierrez also speak about the patchwork, which refers to how American pioneer women used to stitch quilts together from small pieces of cloth, with equal creative investment in the aesthetic of each of the pieces, which when they were sewn together, contribute to the aesthetic of the whole. They fabricate big pieces through the assemblage of small fragments. The sewing places for women in distant villages were places of socialization and sharing, which disappeared completely with the invention of individual sewing machines. In addition to speeding up the process, the sewing machine isolates the sewer. She is now able to finish the patchwork quilt alone at home in just one day. So we try somehow to recreate such places of patchwork. Through our pilot projects, we create collective activities that require the contribution of many. For instance, civic gardening, recycling, etc. The logic of cooperation is close to a feminine logic of socializing, caring, reproducing, exchanging, sharing, offering, solidarity, also the gift economy, which are all practices familiar to women. In fact, we have also realized the important role that women play in our projects. In the making of, in the making of rhizome of our projects, we have worked with those who wanted to work in an invisible and underground alliance of little by little propagation. 
As we have said, we worked with those who knew how to take into account time and cyclical nature, who had the patience to wait for it to grow and develop, who had both the knowledge of transmission and the will to pursue an apprenticeship. For the most part, those who did the work of the rhizome, who tended the active lines, the offshoots of the project, were women. Rhizomatic comments. Architecture after Luz produces rhizomes of different scales, building up a, a centric networks that connect heterogeneous elements. <clears throat> Excuse me. This architecture is an active intervention enabling the interlinkage of networks and ways of living without centers. Architectural objects blossom in between these networks, emerging from the mix of skills provided by architects, inhabitants, users, researchers, and social workers. It always starts at the periphery of a system. Conditions at the periphery keep the lines of the rhizome moving, exploring its territorial expansion or intensification. Gutierrez and Deleuze uh, architecture does not come with a new site, with a model, or with principles to demonstrate a new way to capture a local setting. It is rather an opening towards an alterity. Alterity? How is it? Like, how have I never seen that word before? I don't know. Sometimes I think these academics are just making up new words. Mm, love it. It is rather an opening towards alterity that is built by new relations, organized by locals, considered within all their strata, including residents, of course, but also members of unions and organizations and owners of small firms. These newcomers to architectural projects are introduced to the collective work through the workshops of common interests organized with artists and architects working elsewhere on some of the same topics. Junctions between groups always need to remain partial, to connect on an intense line and to avoid building rigid representations. These lines of intensity are becoming more numerous over time. They mix in with the rhizome and nurture, and nurture architectural activity. The diversity of activities developed by our urban should allow not only a new assemblage and emergent agencies, but also a gradual disassembling of a system in crisis. To slowly escape from the generalized footprint of the neoliberal economy, which has excluded all other forms of material and symbolic exchange, we must dismantle one by one our ties to the market system and lead the system to make change possible. We must undo, disassemble, desagencer, as Deleuze and Guattari might say, and go beyond the neoliberal logic in order to reassemble new ethical, environmental, and long-term ecological agencies. This reassemblage is a collective act based on the conviction of each participant. The R urban strategy relies on off-market elements that can potentially lead the system. For example, interstitial spaces, community associations, marginalized or emerging practices, and can be integrated in new agencies and collective processes of reassemblage. Antonio Negri calls this process of reappropriation of the commons. According to him, this is the contemporary revolutionary project, the capturing, diverting, appropriating, reclaiming of the commons as a constitutive process. It is at the time a reappropriation, it is, it is at the same time a reappropriation, a reassemblage, and a reinvention. This undertaking needs new categories and institutions, new forms of management and governments, space and actors, an entire infrastructure that is both material and virtual. Our urban tries to create this new infrastructure, this reassemblage of new forms of commons, 
from collective self-managed facilities to collective knowledge and skills and forms of groups and networks. The facilities and uses proposed by our urban will be shared and disseminated on different scales, eventually constituting a network open to different users, including adaptable elements and processes based on open source knowledge. The resilient city is a city of sharing, empathy, and cooperation. It is a rhizomatic city of commons. Translated from the French by Duana Petrescu. Oh, one of our first. Duana. Duana. Wonderful. So interesting to see how they're really making this comparison uh, between, I guess, like the organic and the bionic and what they're trying to do socially and organizing people. It doesn't sound like a... Wait, what's the bionic thing? Well, like the rhizome, the fact that it's like they're looking at the way that like... Oh, I thought bionic was like robots. Oh, biologic then, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the bionic <laughs> Yeah. It's like when you have a I don't know. robotic hand or something. I don't know. Something like that. I mean, it doesn't seem like a new idea. Maybe because no. we've been around it. Like, I don't know when this was written. Uh, Either way. 2013. Oh, okay. University Press. Either way, pretty cool. And goes along, pairs nicely with the other readings. Yeah, I have some jaded comments to make. Yeah, but please. Maybe I'll, I don't know, should I save those for my uh, summer? Oh, maybe. But no, let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, might as well. Keep it going. So I'm like a jaded hippie, sort of. Okay, okay. Nice. Because there's... <laughs> Go on. I don't know. And like, so this kind of thing, I think about like Boulevard Gardens, which are sweet. Right, okay. It's like, yeah, you might as well take over the boulevard because nobody's doing anything with it. Right, okay. So I'm all for that kind of thing. Right. And like community gardens, but like just divide up the plots and everybody has their own plot. Because right. the community plots are generally a failure. <laughs> a failure like socially, the people like I said just know way too It's just like this great it's like tragedy of the comments. Like, huh. who, it's always a struggle to maintain the like the more communal spaces of the community garden. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Well <laughs> a great perspective from Jane and Heavy on all these things. Um one thing I'll say as well, that uh, uh, for upcoming podcasts, uh, we'd love to welcome all types of guest speakers to come in here today, Please. save us from going through this Anne situation. God, we don't want to invite Anne back on the show. Anne, you know what i got to say, Anne was a little bit of a loose cannon, a little bit, a little bit of a wild card, so we'll have to... Uh, yeah, we're, we won't be inviting her back. But yeah, but please, uh, yeah, come join us. Super fun. And uh, yeah, just let us know. Anything more to add? No, just um, do that third reading so that we can have a good discussion. In yes, seminar. yes. Comments Seminars. It's going to be fantastic. I'm with Carl at like 11 o'clock, I think. Is that the second seminar time? Yeah, I think I'm in the early slot this time. Aaron, third time. Ooh. Time around. Nice. So if you're sleeping in and you're meeting up with me and Carl, I'll see you on Thursday. Other than that, Travis Cook Young. I'm Andrea. And uh, this was Two Peas in a Podcast Patio Edition from HB4. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah. Bye.